This is Real Estate Rookie episode 179er. Credit card debt, student loan debt, um, car loans, things like that. that. Those types of consumer debt, they are completely out of control in our country. And I think that's a direct result from the fact that we do not focus on financial literacy in our schools and in our households in our country. We are a financially illiterate country um, overall. And so those types of bad debt, the consumer debt, credit cards, student loans, car loans, um, they are just going to put you deeper and deeper into a hole that's going to be tougher to get yourself out of if you do want to you know, reach financial independence earlier than age 65. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I am here with my co-host, Tony Robinson, and we're on everyone's favorite, a Niner episode. (laughs) And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where every week, twice a week, we bring you the stories, the information, the education you need to kickstart your real estate investing journey. So my good friend, Ashley Kerr, what is going on? What's new in your neck of the woods? I actually, uh, the speaking of Niner, I had to start um, an entity for just like a line of credit I was doing and I just needed a name. It's like an LLC that nobody will ever see the name for. And I actually named it, um, put the, put Niner in the name, (laughs) just something random, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, just keep collecting those LLCs and having a couple of names. Each of my kids' names are already each in an LLC. So I was like, what else is there that I can do? So Tommy boy, Tommy boy. Niner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's, what's some other updates? What's going on in the business? So I submitted an offer last week on a campground and I didn't Congratulations. hear things and I didn't hear anything. I did two offers, a seller financing and just a commercial loan financing uh-huh. with 25% down. And I did my seller financing offer, super juicy, way higher, showed all the interest they would be making. And yeah. uh, so they, I didn't hear anything. And I actually like froze, like I could not work up the courage to call them. It was like one of those things that we always preach, just take action, just do it, just make the call, just, you know, talk to the person, ask the person. And I just like could not do it. So I made my business partner do it. I literally like sat on the couch, like hiding, like as he's calling. And all it was, was they didn't see the email. She's like, oh my gosh, you did. Oh, I saw the email come through, but I was thought it was something you already sent me. And literally two hours later, they called to discuss it. Like I just there had this go. internal fear that was nothing. And like, I probably mm-hmm. should have called them a couple of days ago instead of yesterday. But so that was really good. Um, I t- talked over the the offers with the guy and he's asked me a couple of things about, I did two letters of intent, asked me some questions like, well, doesn't matter anyways, because I'm not accepting either of these offers. So <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But then we talked for about another half hour and I think we kind of have come to a, a deal. So I just have to work my numbers a little harder. All of this morning, I was in contact with the bank. They definitely don't want to do seller financing. I even had them talk to their CPA and they're going to bite the bullet and play, pay the taxes on it. So mm-hmm. hopefully it will work out. Fingers hopefully. crossed. Yeah. yeah. How how big is the campground? Like, or how many units is it? Or so how many pads? Actually, is that what they say? Yeah. So it's actually 200 acres, but I think to make Holy the deal crap. work, we're going to parcel off a hundred of the acres that isn't used and kind of on the back end of the property. And that mm-hmm. will kind of make the deal work for me. Cause it's, there's still 
100 acres and still plenty of room to add on to the property if I want to. But it has uh, cabins. It has RV sites. It has tent sites. Mm -hmm. It has a little wedding venue, pavilion, um, convenience store. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's a cool little property. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And then three years from now, when you finally close on it, because uh, those, those, <laughs> those New York policies, we'll, we'll get an update on how. I put a July 31st as the closing date so that it's like, because we're seasonal here, like there's no camping yeah. the winter. So that would be like halfway through the season. So at least we can get some income before some the winter months. And then that's like... Uh, Pretty uh, greedy of me to think <laughs> the way you would. <laughs> yeah. so. well, that's awesome. What about you? Um, well, yes, yeah, same on my side. Ash, we've been busy uh, working on the on the uh, due diligence for this resort we have under contract. So again, it's a 23 u- unit cabin resort here in one of the lake towns in SoCal. I got like a big packet of like 200 pages uh, from the seller yesterday that had all of their financials and like reservation data. So I was up super late last night, kind of coming through all that and, and kind of reworking our model based on those numbers. Um, we have our, our, uh, property inspection is actually happening right now uh, at this exact moment the, the inspectors out there are doing that and they're going to be out there tomorrow as well. And then we're meeting with our attorney tomorrow to start the syndication paperwork. So like things are moving super fast. Um, our money goes hard in 22 days now. Um, so I just want to make sure that we do as much due diligence before that period. That way, if we need to pull out, we, uh, we have that option. So again, if you guys kind of want to follow along on that journey and see what it looks like, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Tony J Robinson. And, um, you can kind of see the, the ins and outs of how we try and pull this deal, pull this deal off. Are you going to be sharing it too on YouTube at the real estate Robinson's YouTube channel? Uh- Absolutely. Our videographer is going to be with us when we go out there on Wednesday. So yeah, if you guys aren't following us there, check it out. I better make sure. Are you going to have your videographer come to New York too for that property (laughs) inspection? I better make sure I look good. (laughs) 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 Well, today we have a great guest on, uh, someone part of the Bigger Pockets community, Dan Sheeks. And he actually wrote a book for Bigger Pockets called First to a Million. A few of you may have picked it up. It was available this fall, but now he has created a complimentary workbook to actually go through the steps of creating financial independence and investing in real estate. So uh, Dan shares with us some of the things that are in the workbook and how it can really apply to anyone. He kind of wrote it geared towards um, high school students, and it kind of follows them through college as to what they should be doing to have that um, great personal finance foundation. But really, it can apply to anyone, and it's a great gift. If you know somebody graduating um, high school or college, it's a great gift to give them to. Yeah, I mean, or if, if you're just an adult with a kid that you mm-hmm. care about, right, whether mm-hmm. you're, you know, children, nieces, nephews, whoever, um, I, I think even you just reading it and kind of having a good framework that you can give to them, super, super important. And one of the things that I love most about Dan's framework or, um, about Dan's framework is that he encourages people to be freaks. And, you know, as yeah. you listen through the episode, you kind of get an idea of, of what that means and exactly why he said that. So lots of, of really good information, I think, throughout this one that anyone can take and apply to build financial independence. And you guys already know, Tony and I are freaky in the spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of that. Uh, but before we bring Dan on, I just want to read, Ashley, one of the uh, one of the recent reviews that came from the Ricky Show. So again, guys, we, we really appreciate um, if all of you could leave an honest rating and review 
on whatever platform it is that you're listening to. Um, you know, the more ratings and reviews we get, the more people we can reach. And that does help us uh, continue to, to kind of impact more lives. Um, so today's uh, podcast review comes from Janalt. And uh, Janalt says, found the Bigger Pockets Rookie Podcast midway through 2020, and I truly believe it changed my life forever. Hearing stories of rookies making it happen in real estate really jumpstarted my investing and reassured me that I can do it too. I'd recommend the Bigger Pockets Podcast to everyone who has an interest in real estate investing. So, Jay Nalt, we appreciate you, and uh, we hope that you continue to have success in your journey as well. Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller-financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's rent to retirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you start off with telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in real estate? Yeah, kind of the the down and dirty is I am uh, I live in Denver, Colorado, or a, a suburb just south of Denver. Uh, I've been in Colorado for over twenty years. Um, I'm a high school teacher. I teach business classes like entrepreneurship, personal finance, and marketing. I've been doing that for about twenty years. Uh, love my job. Um, love work, working with teenagers and young people in general. That's that's my passion. Uh, also have um, kind of a side. Uh, community that I run for young people interested in real estate and early financial independence. 
Um, and then, yeah, as far as real estate goes, uh, I, I bought my first property way back in 2004 as a primary residence. I was house hacking it before I even knew what that was. Um, that accidentally turned into a rental property because I moved out a couple years later and, uh, and then sold it about 15 years after that. When I met my wife, honestly, though, about seven years ago, that's when she was kind of just getting started in real estate investing. And so that's when I became more serious and we became a team and have really uh, leveled up our real estate investing in the last seven years. What was the first thing that kind of piqued your interest about real estate? Was there like some moment or that someone said something to you or why did you try, like choose real estate investing as your wealth vehicle? Uh, well, honestly, when I met my wife seven years ago, she introduced me to the bigger pockets community and listening to the podcasts, that idea of passive income just blew my mind. No one had ever explained that to me. Even when I had a rental property previous to finding the community, the bigger pockets community, it, it never really clicked for whatever reason, you know, the passive income concept. And so when it started to add up like, hey, you could build a portfolio of more than one property, several properties, and you could be earning passive income of a significant amount every month to then maybe replace a W-2 income that just made a lot of sense. And that was, that was kind of the, the impetus for us leveling up and, and going forward. Dan, I think I first just want to say how cool it is that the school that you work for offers entrepreneurship classes to high school students. Like I did not have that or anything close to that in my high school. So was just, just like from my own knowledge, was this something that you like created for the school or was it already, already there and you just kind of stepped into the role? You know, the entrepreneurship piece, um, I've been teaching that for since I got here 20 years ago, 19 years ago, um, I embedded that into a marketing class, honestly, a, a, mm. a, a level two year long marketing class. I, I devoted a semester to entrepreneurship. It was kind of just what I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then lately, mm, three years ago, our, my school, had, we, we actually have a class now called Introduction to Entrepreneurship that is a concurrent enrollment class meaning that it's aligned with the community college here locally. So our students, our high school students, get college credit while taking that class. So it's, it's now a little bit more specific and a little bit more um, driven as far as curriculum, uh, a focused curriculum. But yeah, it's, I love teaching entrepreneurship. Dan, I think you just shared a really important lesson with a lot of our listeners, and that's if you have an interest, um, you know, whether it's real estate investing or something else, try and find a way to integrate that interest into your day job. I think everyone is so, and understandably so, everyone wants to leave their day job, right? Everyone has, a lot of people listening have this dream of retiring from their day job and being being a full-time investor, but it's going to take time to get there, right? Most people can't flip that switch on day one. So if you're unhappy in your day job, start asking questions if there's ways that you can integrate your passions and your interest about investing in entrepreneurship um, into your day job. And maybe it's not as straightforward as, you know, being able to teach a class on entrepreneurship, but maybe it's, you know, I don't know, being the person that, that leads a new project that's doing something new that feels like you're running a business. So I, I just thought that was a really cool kind of tidbit. I, I wanted to make sure we highlighted that for the listeners. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Dan, you have this, um, you know, teaching background, you've invested in real estate. Now share with us what you have done to kind of tie all this together. Yeah, this is kind of where it got, got exciting for me when I when the, the switch flipped where I realized what I was learning about real estate investing, but more bigger picture, the, the early financial independence 
world, what I was learning there for, for my wife and I and our family, um, I could then share that with, with the audience I have, which are students in my classroom, um, which aligns so well with the classes I teach anyway. And then I also cr- have created an online community to reach young people even outside of my school um, with these same ideas. It just made sense. And some of my passions are obviously working with young people. Um, I would say 15 to 25 or Gen Z, that's, that's my niche. Um, personal finance education is, is a big passion of mine, real estate investing, and that early financial independence community, that, those strategies that can get you to you know, not having to work until you're 65. So if you add all that together, yeah, I created the Sheik's Freaks community. I wrote a book and a workbook for Bigger Pockets, which I'm super grateful to Bigger Pockets for getting on board with those. Um, and it's just, it's just taken off. So tell us more about this book because this is launching. Is it today or this week? The, the book itself, First to a Million, launched last December. Um, and the subtitle of the book really says it all. It's A Teenager's Guide to Achieving Early Financial Independence. But the workbook that goes with it, the first to a million workbook, which honestly I think is of the two slightly more valuable than the actual book, the workbook is launching right about now, uh, spring 2022. Um, it, is a, it is a guide or a playbook to, for the young person or really anybody, anybody who's new to early financial independence Anybody who's new to real estate investing, index fund investing, all of those strategies, frugality, mindset, entrepreneurship, the book and the workbook are, I think, the starting point to really create that foundation to to then move forward and and create a better financial future for yourself. So, Dan, I want to ask, how does this compare to Dave Ramsey? So he has his workbooks, like the Total Money Makeover, and that's how a lot of people get onto that financial independence journey is first by paying off their debt. And that's how I got rid of all my personal debt was following that journey. But then as an investor, his plan really doesn't align with being a real estate investor because he's like no no debt at all where, you know, I have mortgages racking up left or right. So how does your plan for financial freedom differ than his? And can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, (laughs) I think the way that mine differs from Dave Ramsey or people in that that community is is very similar to everyone in the FI community that that is pursuing early financial independence, especially with real estate. Yeah, I, I love debt, right? I love good debt um, because it makes more money and and more passive income. It's just a way to leverage. So, yeah, the 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 strategies I lay out in the book for the newcomer, the young person, are about using good debt and not you know not not accruing bad debt. Um, there's a chapter actually called Good Debt Versus Bad Debt. And how you can leverage money, especially through real estate investing, to um, to build passive income and to grow your net worth quicker than if you were to follow, say, the Dave Ramsey pathway. Um, you know, I will say that my book and workbook they are not for everybody. Um, just like real estate investing isn't for everybody, and even early financial independence isn't for everybody. It's uh, you know, there's there's a small percentage of teenagers who would actually read my book, and then employ the strategies to reach early financial independence. Um, I would never tell a young person what to do. And in my book, I don't. I I just say, here are the options that you are probably not aware of because it's not avidly discussed in in our society. And then once you know all of the options, you can make the decision that's best for you. And so if if real estate investing is something you have no interest in, then don't do it. Um, Or maybe do it later. You never know what 
what might be down the road 10 or 20 years. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very different than Dave Ramsey, but very much aligned with everything else we know about the early financial independence community. Dan, you brought up a good point about the difference between good debt and bad debt. And I'm hoping we can kind of go down that rabbit hole a little bit. I just um, actually, you know, our friend of Bigger Pockets, AJ Osborne, he just posted something on his Instagram the other day. And it was some news article clipping that said consumer debt had reached like almost $4 trillion. Um, so I, I think, I guess first, define the difference between good debt and bad debt. And how does one go about staying away from that bad uh, consumer type debt? Yeah, the statistics are pretty startling, although it's, they're hard to digest because when someone just throws a big number out there like like what you just mentioned, it doesn't really register. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, credit card debt, student loan debt, um, car loans, things like that, that those types of consumer debt, they are completely out of control in our country. And I think that's a direct result from the fact that we do not focus on financial literacy in our schools and in our households in our country. We are a financially illiterate country um, overall. And so those types of bad debt, the consumer debt, credit cards, student loans, car loans, um, they are just going to put you deeper and deeper into a hole that's going to be tougher to get yourself out of if you do want to you know, reach financial independence earlier than age 65. However, good debt is debt that, that I will take all day every day, and, and you two know very well, it's debt that you, that you take on but the net effect of having that debt allows you to increase your net worth. And a, you know, a rental property is the best example by far. You have a mortgage on that rental property, but, but overall it's cash flowing positive because you have a tenant in there. And so you are growing your net worth. You are having positive cash flow every month. But if it weren't for the mortgage that you had for that property, you wouldn't be able to do that. So I would take that debt, like I said, all day, every day. So in your workbook, I want to go through, um, Tony and I had a chance to look through it. And first of all, congratulations on creating this and it has turned out awesome. I want to go through one of the first parts of it. So phase one, um, can you kind of tell us what that is and the list that it goes into? Are These are some of the first things you should be doing. Yeah. And, and first I'll kind of introduce the way the workbook is set up, uh, it is really helpful if someone reads the first to a million book first and then goes and kind of graduates to the workbook. But uh, in the workbook, it really tells the, the reader what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and why you're doing these things. And there are, I think, 19 phases, or we call them freak phases. Uh, the book and the workbook are, are, are kind of all around a theme of being freakish, which is basically being different with your money and your financial future. So if you're a five freak, that's a good thing because you are doing things differently than the average Joe. Dan, I'm sorry. Before before you go on, I just want to comment on that because I, I absolutely love that concept, right? I think the vast majority of Americans today have a very warped sense of what it means to be successful financially. And if if you're talking to people in your circle and no one's looking at you like you're crazy, then it probably means you're doing what everybody else is doing and that you're going to end up how everyone else is going to end up. So you want people to kind of look at you sideways when you talk about what it is that you're doing and what your goals are and how you're doing this with your money and how you're investing this way and doing those things. Because if people don't understand or if people are questioning you, it means you're doing something that the masses aren't, which is probably going to set you up for success. So I, I just had to pause there, man, because I, I love that that concept so much. Tony, you nailed it. Yeah, I mean, in our society, people 
we're trained to spend everything we make because spending money is fun mm-hmm. and, and work till you're 65. And if that's the path you want, then by all means, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that pathway. Mm-hmm. But if you do want early financial independence or you do want to grow your net worth quickly, then you have to do things differently. You, you need to stand out. You need to be freakish from, from your core circle and everyone else out there. Um, and that's what First Two Million is all about. Uh, so, yeah, going back to the workbook, um, there's about 19 freak phases. Each one is four months long. And it walks the young person through what exactly should you do in this four-month increment of time to then graduate to the next freak phase four months later. The workbook is very flexible in that no matter how old you are or where you're at, high school, college, or beyond, you can start, you can start the workbook from the beginning and work through the end. You can go a little faster than it's laid out or a little slower. But freak phase one is kind of geared towards someone who's in high school, like right, in, right about the middle of their high school journey. But again, college and beyond, it still works. And so Freak Phase 1, which has, I would say, about 12 different tasks to complete in that four-month period, is all about, again, setting the foundation, getting started uh, on your financial, early financial independence pathway. And if you want, we can dive into a few of those or... Yeah, I actually have a question on one. So implement a new Freak Tweak. What is that? (laughs) And can you give us an example? Yeah, freak tweak is something around being frugal, right? So uh, it is what is one way that I can uh, help myself save a little money um, that I've never done before that, that is not going to change my life drastically. So a freak tweak could be as simple as I, I, on average, I go out to eat five times a week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dial that back to three times a week. Or it could be, you know, I... Um, at, at my gym, I have the top tier membership. I'm going to dial that back to the mid tier membership and save 50 bucks a month. So mm-hmm. tweaking something in your expenses so that you, uh, are saving a little bit more money. Can I, can I share one freak tweak that I did when I was in my W2 job and it helped me a lot. Um, so like most people, I was like an early disciple of Dave Ramsey, right? When I was growing up and I tried to do the, the envelope system, but it was like a pain, right? Like no one carries cash like that anymore. Like it just, it, it didn't work. Right. Um, so what I did was I kind of created like my own digital envelope system. So again, people thought I was crazy when I explained this to them. You guys might think I'm crazy too, but um, I created a bank account with Ally Bank. They're like an online first bank. Um, But what I liked about Ally is that you could create multiple checking accounts and there were no uh, fees for each checking account. So what I did was I had like, I don't know, like 25 checking accounts and I had one for gas. I had one for groceries. I had one for like vacation saving. I had one for utilities, like all the different spending, spending categories that I had, I had a subsequent checking account for them. And what I would do is that I would set up my direct deposit so that instead of all my money going into one account, it would automatically get dispersed across all these different uh, checking accounts that I had. And then I had one checking account that was for spending. So I, you know, I didn't have to carry all these debit cards, but if I wanted to go out and buy groceries, I would transfer money from my groceries account into my spending account, and then I'd spend it from there. So it was it was a way to kind of automate my budgeting without me having to really think about it. Like every time I got paid, the money just got dispersed. When account got low, I knew I had to slow up on my spending. So people, you know, I literally had like 24 checking accounts and people thought I was crazy for that. But for me and my wife, it was a really easy way to kind of keep our budget in check. I love that. And it is, that is freakish, Tony. Yeah. That is absolutely <laughs> freakish to have uh, any more than two or three checking accounts, right. uh, unless they're for a rental property or something. I love that. Um, it's, a, it's a digital envelope Dave Ramsey system. And I, I applaud that. Yeah. 
So Dan, you want to tell us a little bit more about that phase and then maybe we can hop into one more phase and kind of explore it? Yeah. So in freak phase one, um, the first the first item, and they don't have to be done in order. The first item is to read the book, First to a Million. Again, that's kind of the foundation for the workbook. So if they haven't already read that, they should. And every freak phase going forward, all 19, uh, we'll start with, here's a book that you should read in that four-month period. Um, I think a couple of them even have two books. And, and so those books run the gamut of um, you know, investing-specific, real estate investing-specific, entrepreneurship, mindset, uh, the House Hacking book by Craig Curlop's in there, Set for Life by Scott Trench is in there, a couple other bigger pockets books, and then some you know, that aren't bigger pockets. But I think you know, educating yourself is definitely one of the triggers uh, or levers you need to pull to really find yourself success on this pathway. Um, there's another book that they should read in, in Freak Phase 1, which is just a personal finance basics book written for teenagers. Uh, First to a million, I talk about some basics of personal finance, but not all. So this book kind of closes the gap so that they, you know, the young person now is knowledgeable about everything around personal finance, at least the basics. Uh, set three financial goals. Um, implement the new freak tweak that you mentioned, Ashley. Um, sell a personal item you no longer want. Uh, even teenagers, I think, have clutter that they've accumulated. And if it's something that they've never touched or never used, even if you sell it for 10 bucks on Facebook Marketplace or eBay or Craigslist, you just increased your, your revenue for that month. And, and you're not going to you know, lose any sleep over getting rid of a guitar that you haven't touched in five years. So why not sell it? Um, finding a new fun, free activity. So just a way to increase your happiness without spending money. There's so many things that we can do, and the book lists several, that are free that that we can fill our time with without having to spend, you know, any money or very little money to do those. Um, and the list goes on and on. Uh, paying bills with your parent every month just to learn the, the expenses and, and income, the spreadsheets, the, the balance sheet of, a, of the small business that is a household. Uh, I, I want to pause on that. I'm paying the bills with the parents. I, th- I think that's a really interesting like concepts. I just want to make sure that I'm understanding that. So what you're saying is like, so like I have a 14 year old son. So I think this book like really resonates with me in the workbook because he's getting to that age where it's important. You know, luckily me being an entrepreneur, I have a lot of these conversations with him, but what you're recommending here is that like when I go to pay like the utilities bills and the mortgage payment and all these other things to kind of have him sitting there with me as I do that. So he can see, Hey, this is how the the funds of this household are being allocated or, or, or is there another way to do that? Yeah, you're exactly right. And don't just have him there. Have him run the show. Have mm-hmm. him sit at the table with your laptop. He's clicking the mouse. You're directing him. But at the same time, you're explaining, here's where that money came from, and here's where it's going, and here's how often I pay that. And it, is it a variable expense? Is it a fixed expense? Is it gonna, mm-hmm. is an expense that's going to expire, like a loan, or is that an expense that's going to be there forever? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no better way to just teach someone, a young person, about just the fundamentals of paying your bills and personal finance than actually having them involved. Mm-hmm. And again, make them the active partner. And you're just kind of in the background giving them some direction, <laughs> making sure they don't, you know, spend an extra thousand, you know, <laughs> the decimal point needs to be in the right place when you pay that credit card bill or whatever. So yeah, getting them involved is huge. Dan, what would you say, like, what's the, how can a parent approach their child about taking this on? Like if they have no interest in this at all, 
what are some, well, how can they kind of plant the seed that, you know, here's a great book? Because I think a lot of our listeners are going to kind of be in that boat. They're not going to be the, the young high school student listening to our podcast. And those, those of you that are awesome for you guys, and we love having you here. But for those who have kids that are listening and want their kids to implement this, what can they say to them? Um, I get that question a lot, but first, don't sell your, yourself short. I know this podcast has a lot of young listeners because I, I talk to them all the time in my community. They love your show, as do I. Oh, awesome. Um, Good. But you, you probably do have a lot of parents as well of teenagers or even younger. Um, and so I get asked all the time, if I'm a parent, how do I get my teenager to want to learn about these things? Like, I give them the book, but are they going to actually read it? How do I get them to want to open that cover? Um, and the short answer is you can't, you can't, you can't, as Tony knows, you cannot make a teenager do anything. They, they have their own mind. They have their own interests. You can entice them or incentivize, but at the end of the day, if they have no interest in reading a book, then they're not going to, but the advice I give is, you know, incentivize them with maybe, you know, some money. If you read this book and you finish it and, and I ask you a few questions and you answer them, so I know you read it, then I'll, I'll give you a hundred dollars or fill in the blank, whatever amount of money you think is going to do the trick. Or, um, you know, start having conversations about the idea of not working until you're 65. You could even throw out, a, as a parent, maybe a challenge, depending on what path you're on. I challenge you to retire before me, because a lot of the people in the Phi community are doing exactly that. Their parents are on that 9 to 5 till you're 65 grind, but they're retiring or reaching Phi 30s, 40s, or maybe even in their 20s. So um, it's not it's not a contest, but I think it would be interesting to some teenagers to say, oh, you're telling me that I could reach five before you and I could beat you there? That, that sounds interesting to me. And then using words like financial freedom instead of retirement, you know, phrasing things the right way so they're more interesting to a teenager. Retirement has, has, doesn't get a teenager interested at all, but financial freedom or... Mm millionaire, you know, at school, it's much better to have a future millionaires club than a personal finance club. So just phrasing things in a, in a better way to, to get their interest. When Bigger Pockets started podcasting, no one thought we needed a store, but then books, so many books, best-selling books, rookie books, partnership books. We needed the best real estate bookstore ever, so we chose Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch stage to the first order stage to the, did we just sell out the whole store stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling real estate books or retro clothing, Shopify's platform helps you sell everywhere, online or in person. Now, speaking of online, did you know Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better than other leading commerce platforms? And no matter how big you grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control of your business. And that's why we chose Shopify for the Bigger Pockets Bookstore. So sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash bprookie, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash bprookie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash bprookie. Whether you need to buy or sell or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. 
Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like, so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours, even the same day, with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. Rookies, 2024 is the year to start protecting your rental properties with an LLC. But you don't have to do all the paperwork and filing yourself. Corporate Direct is your professional and affordable option for getting your LLC done right. They handle the state filings, draft your operating agreement, and act as your registered agent. They'll even help you comply with the Corporate Transparency Act, a new federal disclosure law affecting every real estate investor. Corporate Direct is a family business founded by attorney, author, and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton over 35 years ago. Now, his son Ted is a licensed attorney working with him. Together, they've helped thousands of real estate investors form and maintain their LLCs and protect their assets. If you're trying to build a real estate portfolio, do not skip the LLC. Head over to corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. Mention Real Estate Rookie and get a $100 discount on your formation. That's corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets. So Dan, you also, I know we're going to talk about the, some of the other uh, freak phase you have in the book, but before we move on to that next phase, I also want to kind of drill down on your four mechanisms of early FI, because I think that's a kind of a good baseline to give folks before we go on to, to the next phase. So can you break that down for us? Like what, what does that mean? What are those four mechanisms and, and why are they important? Uh, they're super important, right? If you, if you do have a goal of reaching early FI, these four mechanisms are exactly how you will get there. And I go over them in, in detail in first to a million. So just short list, uh, mechanism number one is to earn more. Mechanism number two is to spend less. Mechanism three, save the difference. And mechanism four, invest your savings wisely. And I mean, we could go into any of those mechanisms for a half hour to an hour. <laughs> um, there's so many different levers within each of those uh, mechanisms that you can pull to maximize those. But yeah, if you do those four things and you do them well, then you are going to reach early five. Dan, how like how important do you think um, like earning more is? Because you know, like a lot of Dave Ramsey folks, it's just like rice and beans, don't spend a dime. And I feel like a lot of the the focus in that community is on expense reduction, but I, like I feel like there isn't a big enough focus on income expansion. So, I mean, how do you kind of balance those two things in your approach? And, and why do you feel that that income expansion is so important as well? I think they're both super important or maybe even equally important. Um, earning more, spending less, doing those two things is going to widen your, sa- your, your savings gap or your, increase your savings rate, which is only going to fuel your journey to early five. And so earning more, we all have skills or, or time available to earn more money through a side hustle, um, a, a, a very easy entrepreneurial, you know, small business venture. For teenagers, there's so many things like just working in their neighborhood, raking leaves, mowing lawns, shoveling sidewalks, 
or there's so many ways to make a little bit of money online. I was just talking to my class yesterday about um, companies love to get teenagers' input on you know their feelings and thoughts about different products, and teenagers can go online and volunteer to be in different focus groups, and they can earn money doing that in their free time. Not a lot, but you know anything for a teenager or someone young, especially when your income is pretty limited because you are a full-time student, anything that, that boosts your income in, in, the, in the present is, is just going to help you learn those skills and save more money to invest later. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's super important to earn more. Dan, let's jump into phase 12 of your workbook. Can you go ahead and kind of explain what this phase is and why it's important? Yeah. So yeah, just kind of picking a random phase. This is a little bit more than halfway through uh, the workbook. Phase 12 would generally happen um, if, if a young person is going to college, kind of mid to midway through their college, their four-year college experience, or if they didn't go to college, you know, they've been out of high school for a couple years. Uh, so it's like every phase that I mentioned, it's going to have them read a book. In this case, it's The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Awesome book, especially around mindset. Ah, such a good book. And so reading that, you know, when you're 20 years old, that can change everything. Um, Which, by the way, you know, I think one of the reasons I wrote the book is because I heard so often in the FI community, uh, you know, people saying, I wish I would have known this stuff earlier. And, of course, we all wish we could have known this stuff earlier. And so teaching it to young people is is one of the main reasons I, I, I took the time to write the book and the workbook. So also in uh, Freak Phase 12, it's, it's guiding them on a path to buy their first real estate property as they work themselves through the book. And so, but they don't have to, right? Because it's very flexible. And if, if the young person has zero interest in owning real estate, then you know, it, it guides them in other ways to build their wealth and passive income. But if they are interested in real estate, it's going to get them to buy that first property and house hack it right around this phase, phase 12 or 13. So in this phase, it, it tells them to choose a real estate agent um, to help them buy that, that first investment property, which would be a house hack, and, and the steps to go to make sure you have a great agent to work with. Um, determine your systems for managing that property is another task in that freak phase. Um, your systems for managing the property, utilities, expenses, collecting rent, that kind of stuff. Um, opening a couple bank accounts, a checking and a savings account specifically for that property is a checklist item. Start submitting offers, which is exciting. You know, working with that agent and finding properties that that, that you've analyzed and the numbers work. And, and finding a right agent, obviously, is so key. They'll help you in that process. And then start submitting some offers. Close on your first real estate deal is a checklist item. And then, and then there's some items that are repeating in most phases, like setting some financial goals for that phase, a new freak tweak, selling a personal item, uh, evaluating your income streams. That, that appears about every three or four phases. Calculating your net worth is, again, something that comes up about every three or four phases. Uh, networking, shadow someone from it for a day. These are all things that you know just build your likelihood to reach FI. And, and you know some people, a workbook, checking things off is just the way to make sure it gets done. Dan, I think this uh, phase would actually complement uh, the Real Estate Rookie Boot Camp where you learn how to make offers and how to purchase a property. So when you're giving this book to someone or someone's going through and reading it, 
Um, what would you say is overall the most important action item of the ones that are repeatable that they're doing? So like the new freak tweak or um, selling a personal item or uh, finding a new fun free activity. What are what are one of those things would be something they should be really diligent about um, cons- consistency? Yeah, I think the answer to that question would be networking. Um, mm-hmm. It's it is so incredibly crucial uh, for anyone, no matter what age and, and no matter what your goal, honestly, to to surround yourself with like minded people. Um, and the workbook guides them through what are different ways that you can network, what are different ways you can put yourself out there to find like-minded people, both your age, you know, um, cohorts and peers, but also, you know, people who might serve as more of a mentor role. Um, all of that is networking. And, and the community I've built is, is all about that aspect of bringing together young people who have similar goals, but are freakish, right? They're, they're, they're good friends. They're, their core circle at home may not have the same interest, but bringing them together in a place where they can connect and network with each other and hold each other accountable and stuff like that. So I think networking is so incredibly important. You cannot put you know, a number or, or a price on the value that that's going to bring to your life. Yeah, I, um, you know, I've, I've, was kind of, like I said, I was obviously I'm kind of freakish myself, right? But like I read the four hour work week when it first came out, I was in my, my early twenties and I immediately tried to start like selling stuff on Amazon because I was so juiced up after reading it. Um, the millionaire fast lane by MJ DeMarco is another really good book. That's kind of in the same vein as, um, as Tim Ferriss. So, but the reason I bring that up was because that was me, Dan. Like I, I felt like the people around me at that age weren't thinking along the same lines that I was thinking. And I'm like, I, I literally remember I had, um, <laughs> I had a blog and a podcast and I was like 21 years old, um, about personal development. And I was in a mastermind with these other bloggers and podcasters and they were all like, in their thirties and forties, right? Not here. I am this 21 year old kid. And like, I just, that was my circle, right? Cause like no one else who was 21 was trying to do the same thing. So I, I couldn't agree more that there's so much value in the network and the community that you build around yourself um, to kind of keep you juiced up and, and wanting to move forward. It changes everything. It really does. Absolutely. So Dan, I know we've got uh, like several phases throughout this entire process. So you start at phase one and it goes all the way down to phase 14. Um, but you know, depending on where someone picks this book up, do they always need to start at that phase one or, or like, do they all, you know, maybe they move through it faster? Like, you know, is there an element of customization to, to the phases you have here? Um, it, it's, it's very customizable. And so in, in the introduction to the workbook, I explained how to do that. So let's say, Let's say someone's 24 and they pick up this book, but they are still, you know, in that beginning stage of learning about early financial independence, learning about real estate investing, and they haven't really taken any action yet, but, but now they have the workbook. So you would still start in freak phase one, but, you know, I explained, you know, instead of doing, doing that freak phase in four months, maybe, maybe do it in two, or maybe take freak phase one and freak phase two combine those lists and try to get that done in four months. So you're, you're accelerating the process. Um, what young people in, in this mindset, what young people sometimes forget, they're so driven, right? They're so motivated. They forget that it doesn't all have to be done today. Um, and even if they, it takes them five, six, seven years to get to, you know, some major milestones, they are still decades ahead of most people out there who never, earn a penny of passive income, who never own any real estate except for a primary residence. 
um, who never start a business of any kind. That's, that's the vast majority of people in our country. Um, and so sometimes I, I try to you know, pull them back a little bit and say, you don't have to do everything this year. Just take some major steps in the right direction and, and still allow yourself to have some fun with your friends and, and do some fun things. You don't have to be 100% business, business all the time. So, Dan, before I take us into our rookie exam, since this is a real estate podcast, I just want to go into your portfolio a little bit more. What are, you know, two or three things that you could you have learned? Um, you know, maybe it was an obstacle or a challenge you had building your real estate portfolio that you could share with our rookie listeners um, that you have overcome and a lesson you have learned. I think one of the major lessons is that you just got to do it. Uh, my wife and I have made a lot of mistakes, um, some of them very costly, honestly. But obviously where we're at now, the, the net effect is hugely positive. Uh, and so, you know, we've, we've, we've signed um, leases with really bad tenants and, and, and regretted it, you know, but that, the lesson we learned while going through the process of dealing with really bad tenants, we know that we'll never do that again. And we have the right systems and, and processes in place to make sure it doesn't. Um, selecting the right properties, we've made some bad decisions there. But you can learn everything you want from books and podcasts and, and, and blogs uh, and, and talking to other people who are more knowledgeable than you. But until you actually take action and start doing these things, that's when you really start to learn. Um, and so you know, I, I would say don't be afraid of making mistakes because you are going to make mistakes. And it's in those mistakes that you learn so much and you grow and, and your future, you know, until you make those mistakes, you can't get to that next level. So know that it's going to happen. It's not going to be a perfect pathway. I mean, every day in, in, my, in my side business of the Sheik's Freaks community, I make mistakes and I learn so much. Um, but it's only because of that that it continues to grow and strengthen and, and become a better, a better community. Dan, before we move on to the to the rookie exam, I don't think we touched on this at the top of the show, but just what what is your and your wife's portfolio look like today? We know you started with the house hack, but how, how big have you guys been able to scale? Yeah, we um, we have uh, seventeen units, uh, mostly in Colorado, uh, and that's that's a mixture of small uh, small multifamily and single family houses. Um, we have three single families in Detroit or just outside Detroit, Michigan. They were all burrs. Um, obviously all long distance in, in Colorado, we have, we have two short-term rentals that we Airbnb full-time. Um, and we have, uh, you know, we have a house hack. So we, we have a three bedroom house and we rent our basement out to a young, young woman. We've, I think she's our fourth tenant we've had down there. Mm. Um, that's, that's amazing passive income. It's, it's freakish, right? We, my wife and I have a one-year-old son most couples who have small kids would never rent out, uh, you know, a floor or a bedroom or to a stranger. Although our tenant right now is is amazing, she's awesome. Um, but in order to do things differently, in order to get a different result, you have to do things differently. It is a little bit of an inconvenience at times, but overall, not really. We would never use our basement, um, and so you know, she pays us basically a thousand bucks a month. That's twelve thousand dollars a year to expedite our investments and, and our net worth and reach our goals even faster. So um, I'm a huge fan of house hacking, especially for the beginner and the young person as you know, if they want to get into real estate. 
I couldn't agree more. Such a great way to to start into real estate investing. Dan, how long did it take you to build your portfolio? Like once you met your wife and you guys started investing together? Um, seven years. We've been at it seven years. Yeah, That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Okay. It is time for the rookie exam now. So being a teacher, I'm sure you should be able to ace this exam. <laughs> so <laughs> Dan, the first question is, one actionable thing rookies should do after listening to this episode. <laughs> can I say go out and buy first to a million? The book. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, I honestly, yeah. I mean, I wrote those the book and the workbook for that young person or beginner who's just you know trying to to consume all this different information and maybe it's not making sense. This is the place to go to start fresh and really kind of sequentially learn what you need to learn. So that would be my advice. It's a little self-serving, I suppose, but it, but it's the best advice I got. All right, Dan, question number two, what is one tool, software, app, or system that you use in your business? Uh, you know, one of the ones that we found super useful for our, for our short-term rentals is an app called um, Tur- Turnover b and mm-hmm. And it's a way to find people to clean or even sometimes manage your property uh, with very little effort. So I highly recommend that. Cool. Thanks for sharing. I haven't heard that one before. Have you, Tony? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. yeah probably. We haven't used it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course he's heard of it. Yes. Yeah. The last one, Dan, is where do you plan on being in five years? Um, five years. So my wife, uh, she was a teacher as well for 19 years and she retired from teaching about two years ago. Uh, congratulations, Dan. That's amazing. Thanks. Yeah. So we're blessed that she is able to be home with our son full time. Uh, she does. She does some property management. She does manage our rentals, our portfolio, um, and she does, she has a side hustle as a notary signing agent. But all of that is kind of on her own time. So she manages our household. And so in five years, I hope to be uh, either half time myself or. Um, out of teaching altogether, but that's a struggle because I love my job and I, you know, leaving altogether is not something I'm ready to do yet. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we may have another kid in the future as well. And I, you know, once you have a family, things completely change. And now I just want to spend every moment I can with, with my family. And so in five years, that's probably what I'll be doing. And I think there's definitely a way to fulfill your passion of teaching and educating people without having to to work at a school either and being able to yeah. turn it into your own business. And yeah. yeah, well, I'm excited to see what you do and how you grow and congratulations on all your success so far. Everybody, make sure you go check out uh, Dan's workbook. It is currently available on Amazon.com. So Tony, do you want to highlight today's rookie rock star for us? Absolutely. So if you listeners want to get highlighted as uh, the rookie rock star, be sure to get active in the Bigger Pockets forums uh, in the Real Estate Rookie Facebook group. We get almost 50,000 people in that in that group, super active, super engaged. Um, and then if you got a good story, we might share it on the show. But today's rookie rock star is Patrick Ryan. And Patrick closed on a six unit apartment building, which brings Patrick's total portfolio up to 23 units. And a, a few quick notes from this six-unit acquisition. It was off-market, so they sent out some postcards. They were able to negotiate seller financing. Um, so the seller is carrying 20% back of the loan, and they use that as part of the down payments. Um, and then on the price, they paid about $72,000 per unit, 
which is really good because they said most other units are trading around one about 100k to 125k per unit and there's a lot of upside in the rent as well um but uh, they were able to get sixteen thousand uh, dollars in cash at closing uh, because of the way that some of the rents were set up. So, I mean, sounds like an amazing deal all together, Patrick. Congratulations to you, brother, for knocking it out the park. Yeah, great job, Patrick. Well, Dan, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell everyone where they can reach out to you and find out some more information about you, and of course, learn more about First to a Million. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, people can find me on bigger pockets. I'm there every day, LinkedIn, um, Instagram. They can also email me at Dan at sheiksfreaks.com. First 2 million and the first 2 million workbook are available on bigger pockets and Amazon and everywhere else. Um, also if there's some young people out there interested in the Sheiks Freaks community, uh, sheiksfreaks.com, you'll learn everything you need to know there. And I have to add, uh, I really think this is a great book for anybody that's going to a graduation party this spring, this summer, (laughs) I think uh, for high school graduation, even college graduation. So if you guys are looking for gift ideas, I think this is a great one. Yes. Okay. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Ashley at Wealth and Rentals and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson. If you guys love the podcast and you have a success story, a win, please share it with us. You can leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and we will be back on Saturday with a rookie reply. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.